Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. A behind-the-scenes look at the White Sox as they prepare for the 2021 baseball season. Brought to you by Wintrust Bank, Mazda of Orland Park on ESPN 1000. Chicago's new home of the White Sox. Happy Saturday to you. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. We are 29 hours on the dot from Len Casper and Darren Jackson taking the mic and broadcasting the White Sox and Brewers first game from spring training 2021 right here on ESPN 1000. No, you're excited. Come on. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait to get baseball going. Up until that point, we got White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Lots to do on the show this morning, and I want your input. I want your thoughts. We are so close to baseball, I can taste it. So we got a lot to talk about. We got uh, rosters coming together. We got NRIs. We got international signings. We got interviews. We got we got, <laughs> we got headlines. This White Sox team is a team that likes to make some headlines here in town, and that has been a blast. Here are the ways you can get in touch with the show. Give us a ring, 312-332-3776. I'll let you know what the uh, the big topic is on the show today. I was talking with our producer, Tyler, and I was thinking, okay, if, if you could, like, grant a magical spring training wish, that's not a thing, but we're making it up here on White Sox Weekly today. But if you if you as a White Sox fan could, I don't know, go to the wishing well and you knew that you could make a wish and by the end of spring training, you would know one thing for sure about your team in 2020-21? If, if you could watch, you know, you'd watch the month of spring training baseball, you'd listen to Len and DJ call the 10 games here on ESPN 1000 and by the end of all that, you would know for sure one thing about the White Sox 2021 what would that one thing need to be for you? There's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of a lot of questions. I mean, every team, even if the expectations are as high as to win a World Series or be disappointed like the White Sox have set their sights on, there are still some things you want to know. I think we've been talking about a few of them for a handful of weeks. There have been a couple of more that have popped up here in the last couple of days. But if there's just the one thing that you could get answered by the end of spring training and you would know it for the rest of 2021, what would it be? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I for me, I, I battled this, Tyler. For me, it would be the Andrew Vaughn question. That was exactly where my head was. Because I listen, I don't think either of us are wrong here, too. Because if if you're you are an American League team, and that DH is a big spot, and if Andrew Vaughn is going to get a bunch of cuts, I'd love to know how he'd do in two thousand twenty twenty one. In yep. two thousand twenty one. I was thinking, okay, is it the DH or is it just what Andrew Vaughn is going to be? And, and to me, it's it's the Andrew Vaughn question. It's the Andrew Vaughn it's the, of it. It's the mystique yeah. of it, the intrigue, yeah. all that stuff. And, and he's he is such a hot button name for White Sox fans. 
what is Andrew Vaughn? Because we've seen the the highlight tape from Cal where he was hitting absolute moonshots. You see the Twitter feed from Scott Merkin this week? I did week? not, know. Scott Merkin uh, covers the team for MLB.com, and he's got a Vaughn. It's like a Vaughn sizzle reel. It's oh not really. It's, you know, it's, it's beat reporters filming through a chain link uh-huh. fence, which is... I love that about spring trip. How can you not? Just all these bad videos taken through through chain link fence. Yep. It's great. Uh, yeah, but Vaughn's got. I, I think he went six for six in a little in, a, in an up and down kind of thing. Ball's cracking all the way, left field, right field, left center, power alley, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think Vaughn's the top of the list for me. And I think Tyler, I think you're right. It's not just how does the DH spot work. In relative to Vaughn, it's what is the Andrew Vaughn package look yeah, like? Yeah, the experience, all of it. I, I think a, an honest question is what does the defense look like too? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just – there's a couple of things that have popped up from the White Sox, uh, WhiteSox.com. You can go follow their spring break coverage. It's been so much fun watching some of the spring break stuff. You know, we didn't get to have Sox Fest this year. We didn't all get to go down to the hotel and hang out and, you know, do all the things you do with Sox Fest. But instead, the White Sox came up with a bunch of digital content, and I, I was lucky enough to be a part of one of them. Um, either way, one of the pieces out there is uh, Jason Benetti, who you know, the White Sox television voice, and Lucas Giolito and Adam Engel and Kurt Hassler. And they're all sitting down and kind of re-watching Lucas Giolito's no-hitter against the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. And it's a ton of fun, and you know they go through a couple of the bad pitches that Giolito got away with. Uh, you know, that high change up that just floated high and out of the zone. I think Rodriguez is what it was. Um, strike three, swing in, and, and they kind of laughed there about that. But they look a lot at, at Engel's catch, uh, which was such a great first step. They also looked at that, the play where Tim Anderson comes, he's, he's playing on the second base side of second base, and he comes all the way around back to the shortstop spot, rounds off the baseball, chucks it over to Abreu, and Abreu makes that great scoop. Uh, Sox fans, you, re- you remember the play. He makes that killer scoop. And while Abreu's defensive metrics are here and there and roundly close to average, I think, I know a lot of people would probably look at that first base play of his and really kind of overall, it's, well, he, he scoops the ball really well. I mean, that is, that is a guy who knows how to pick a hop. That's important. How does Andrew Vaughn handle that? How does he handle the kind of the minutia of first base defense? I think that's important to a team. Jose Abreu is also a really good thrower of the baseball. He's made some kind of dynamic play. You remember the triple play back in 16? Abreu's throw. I mean, that's, it's a huge either way. That's neither here nor there. The Sox Spring Break content has been awesome. I did the kids press conference. It's out there now. I tweeted the link at C1 McKnight. That's the Twitter handle. I tweeted the link a little earlier. And it's Dallas Keuchel and it's Nick Madrigal and uh, Yasmani Grandal and I and, and you know, Sox fans and kids kind of uh, ask their questions. It's all on tape. It's absolutely hysterical. There was an outtake that happened where you know, Madrigal's just at the desk of, of I think, Ray Garcia. White Sox Media Relations Department. And Ray's phone starts ringing. And Nick starts picking up the phone and taking phone calls and handling Ray's business or whatever it was. It's hysterical. Go watch it. Uh, They're all out there at WhiteSox.com. I've tweeted the link of a couple of them as well. But the big question that I wanted to start with today is going to be, if you could could head to the wishing well and have one question answered, like you'd know the answer. You'd know how this one thing is going to go. Through the rest of 2021, 
What would it be by the end of spring training for the White Sox here? Give us a call. You can watch us on Twitch as well. Just go to twitch.tv, follow ESPN1000. We're here. We're streaming. Hello. I see you all. It's good to, uh, good to have you here. Head out to the phone lines now. It's uh, Bill on Capitol Hill. Hi, Bill. Hello, darling. How's the empire? Oh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's nice to sort of wake up and not, not, not have to think about uh, what your commander-in-chief said that morning. Yeah, it is. There it's are whole nice. days when I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know what this guy said about anything. It's glorious. <laughs> What's on your mind, Bill? What would you? Well, what's the uh, one listen, thing you would need to know? I, I think that's a great question. Um, the, for me, it's and this is going to seem at the margins, but I want to know whether Zach Collins is a reliable catcher, either as a backup or as an everyday player. Um, because, uh, among other things, uh, you know, I have some concerns about uh, Yasmanik Grandal's um, training regimen, shall we say? Um, and but if, if nothing else, like. If you you know if, you, if this guy is useful either as a, uh, a player I mean either on your team or as trade bait it, it'd be a good time to find out because we're in your what three of him as a development and it's uh, it, it feels like uh, if he can be a if he can be a productive even backup catcher he's useful in and of himself for the team but he also might be a reliable trade bait because um, not a lot of you know because teams are chronically short of catching sure yeah so for me that's the big thing. Appreciate Billy. the call. Taking my call. Be well, yeah. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, that's that's a good one. What, what a shock! A, a real nuanced and thought out approach to baseball from Bill on Capitol Hill. What a, it's a shocker there. I here's the thing uh, about the Zach Collins question. I get it. I get the larger issue about the backup catcher too. Um, yes, Monty Grandal is a big piece of this team, whether it be defensively or offensively. You saw what what the offense looked like. As he started clicking, I mean, certainly you've got a, an MVP pa- campaign from Jose Abreu as that's happening. You've got Tim Anderson right on his heels for the bulk of 2020. But Grandal is a big, you know, switch hit on base power threat. I mean, you know what Yasmani Grandal can do with the plate as well. Without that bat, without that switch hit, you know, where then do you go uh, if it's for a long stretch of time or even just a short one, four, five, six, seven games, that kind of thing. Jonathan Lucroy is is there, and I think it's important to let you know there's been a there was a nerve issue for Lucroy the last year and a half. I want to think he said, and that nerve issue is in his neck, kind of affected him to the point where he had developed you know the old developed bad habits both at the plate and catching wise. Now certainly that's that's not to say that now that the nerve issue is fixed. White Sox fans can expect Jonathan Lucroy to return to the point where he's getting MVP votes behind the dish. Like, no, no one's saying that. But certainly, as a guy who, you know, defensively can hold his own and, you know, kind of hit the weight sort of thing, relieve Yasmani Grandal for a stretch of days, there's an option there. Zach Collins is is an incredibly interesting uh, point here, too, because if you can hit, you know, as a lefty bat, if you can hit right-handers for power at a reasonable clip, you'll have a job in big league baseball for a good long time, right? I mean, what team wouldn't? What team isn't out there going? I I would love just a little bit more left-handed pop in the lineup. I mean, everybody is like, yeah, I'd take more of that. I'd have just a just a sprinkle more of that on my sandwich. That would be fine. So I I think that's a great point there as well. Nick Madrigal is going to join us at 9.35. He's our guest on White Sox Weekly. And we did something kind of cool, or at least I think it's kind of cool. Nick and I did a Zoom call yesterday, 
So, you know, when we come back at 9.30, we'll do, like, the behind the radio producing thing. When we come back, you'll hear the conversation that I had with Nick yesterday. And then as we go through the week, we're kind of going to release just, you know, little bits of the video content on the Twitter feed at ESPN White Sox. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet some of it as well. But the biggest thing you should take away from today's show, and bar, bar none, this is the, the top number one thing. At 2 o'clock tomorrow, Lennon DJ have the first game of the 2021 spring training schedule for the Chicago White Sox here on ESPN 1000. It's going to be Mike Wright going for the White Sox and Eric Lauer pitching for the uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Wright was a third-round pick of the Orioles in 2011. He's bounced around a little bit, a couple of seasons with the Orioles, and then spent some time with the Mariners last year as a non-roster guy. Eric Lauer was a first-round pick of the, I want to yeah, Padres. I want to say Padres, so I will. Padres and then the Brewers, uh, 2019, Lauer actually had a pretty decent um, pretty decent season. Kind of looked like a, I don't know, three, four starter, that kind of thing. Alex McRae, who White Sox fans saw pitch twice last year, will pitch the uh, the Monday game. He'll go, he'll be the starter for the Monday game. Um, we've got some news, too. I, I will update you on the international signings that the White Sox have inked, I guess, over the last two days. They, they picked up another big-time name in the international signing market and one that's got a lot of fans uh, asking some questions. So we'll address Norhe Vera in just a bit. Uh, I will remind you that the Sox spring break content is out. The kids' press conference, I'm not saying because I was a part of it, but I'm saying because the kids were awesome and Dallas Keuchel and Nick Madrigal and Yes Binding Grandal Any budding Connor McKnight's in there? Um, yeah, so there's there's one kid... Well, I mean, all the kids were great, right? So now you're, like, literally making me choose between awesome children. Yeah. Uh, so that's a terrible thing for you to do, Tyler. But there was one, like, so we, we threw it to one kid, Jimmy, who was very specific about having a question for each of the White Sox players and, like, pointed him out and everything. He was, he was super hardcore. I, I really appreciated it. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. Get you updated on Jose Abreu's estate. Uh, we'll hear from Tony Larusa about Yoan Mankata and the arm and his uh, the expectations for when Mankata will get into spring training baseball. All that good stuff is coming up here on White Sox Weekly. Give us a ring, 312-332-3776. The question out to you is, if you could magically have one thing answered for you about the 2021 White Sox by the end of spring training, what would that one thing need to be for you? Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv. Search ESPN 1000 Chicago. You can say hi that way. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss something, podcasts are available on the new ESPN Chicago app. White Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. We are 20, oh, I shouldn't do math on the air, 28 hours and 40 minutes from first pitch for Len and DJ tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, boys go on the air. They will bring you the White Sox and the Brewers here on ESPN 1000. I do know that Mike Wright is going to start that game for the White Sox and that Eric Lauer is going to go for the Brewers. I do not have lineups yet, although apparently Tony La Russa has been sketching some things out, some options and whatnot. 
I, I don't know how many regulars are going to get ABs in the first handful of games. I don't know that Yuan Moncada is going to play in the first one or second one or third one, but you'll hear from Tony LaRusso on Yuan Moncada's health in just a second. There's a couple of things to get you posted on injury-wise, just kind of, you know, nicks and, and whatnot. Obviously, Jose Abreu has not yet reported to camp. Positive COVID test. Uh, he has not been symptomatic, uh, according to the White Sox. There is a I, there is a level of comfort, I suppose, given the relative concern of COVID as is, that Jose Abreu should be able to report in the next handful of days or so. They're not going to rush anything. Um, Tony has uh, Tony Russo has mentioned a number of times in his media press conferences over the last few days that Jose is just absolutely kicking to get into camp because he wants to be a part of everything that's going on at Camelback Ranch. Can't blame him at all. It's been a fun camp to start. It's weird to say that, but, you know, headlines have been made. Tim Anderson has said some things. Really, everybody has has stated the expectations for this team in their own way, which and I know we talked about this a little bit on last week's show. Focused a lot last week on on Rick Hahn stating that the expectations for the 2021 White Sox is to win a World Series. Anything short of that would be disappointing. There are only, I don't know, six, seven teams a season that get to really say that and mean that when a season starts. And it is awesome that your team, that the White Sox, are one of those six or seven teams. So that's the latest on Jose Abreu. Uh, I, I know it's not much of an update, but that's how the manager put it. Still waiting on some things to come around here. Nick Madrigal is going to be our guest in just a couple of minutes, 935. We'll hear from Nick. Talk to him about a number of different things. Uh, his expectations about the season for sure. Where growth happens for him. Talked a lot about Tim you know, playing middle infield alongside Tim Anderson, the understanding that you've got to have there. Checked in on his health as well. Sounds like Madrigal himself, and I'll let Tony get to it and uh, Nick get to it in just a little bit, but it sounds like Madrigal should be playing some spring training games sooner rather than later, and that the uh, the shoulder, which, you know, despite carrying an over 300 batting average through the admittedly short 103 at-bats that he had in 2020, the shoulder was still kind of bugging him even after he came back. He talked about that some last year, but I thought it was notable that he's ready and, and kind of willing to put it out that uh, it was you know, still kind of an issue last season, and it'll be nice to have you know a fully armed and operational battle station, as it were, going out there to play second base. Moncada's a little bit of a different story, um, or at least more of a current issue, current injury issue thing. I will play for you here Tony LaRusse's update on where Yohan Moncada is regarding his sore throwing arm and what the uh, what the throwing program has kind of looked like for him. Here's Tony LaRusso. I heard this morning that uh, Sunday when we play the opener, he can play third base. Now, that, that surprised me, and I'm definitely not going to push it. So we'll see how he feels tomorrow. You know, we're taking a you know, legitimate infield, you know, relays and all that stuff see how his arm feels. But th- this morning I was told that could ride him in either Sunday or Monday at third base. Uh, if not, you know, if he's still a little iffy, then just back off, make sure he's 100% when we get him back. 
That's the latest on Yohan Mankata. Again, the throwing arm, just a little sore for him. So we shall see, you know, kind of where that lineup ends up. I don't know if anybody heard, uh, I'm sure a lot of you listened to Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. I, I was on, we talked a little White Sox with the boys. And, and Waddle asked who was making out the lineup cards. I don't know if you've seen them. We'll, we'll tweet a photo at ESPN White Sox. Um, they're, they're calligraphy. Calligraphized? Calligra- no, we'll just go with calligraphy. They're calli- yeah, I should stop making up words. They're calligraphy. And I guess uh, a couple of intrepid Twitter reporters have let us know, I guess that's Jerry Naren's doing, the new White Sox uh, catching instructor coach. Catching coach. Got to be a better title than that. Jerry Naren deserves it. I should do that for him. Apparently he's making out flowery lineups. It's really cool. I don't know that Mankata's going to be on that lineup card for Sunday or Monday. It really sounds like they're going to play things as cautiously as possible, and you should. It doesn't sound like any of this is COVID-related, um, in case you're worried. And I, I, why wouldn't you be? I, I get that. But Rick Hahn has stated a couple of times, whether in the conversation he did in Sox Spring Break, which you can find on WhiteSox.com with Len and with Jason Benetti, that the COVID concerns for Yoan are in the past, that he is over them and, and feeling a lot better now. Yoan himself has stated that in some media availability this past week. So is it, you know, dead arm phase happens for guys. Just, you don't have to be a pitcher to pick up a little bit of dead arm and you know deal with some of that come spring training. Good to know, though, that as the, the staff has kind of said, he should be ready to roll Sunday, Monday, if Tony wants to take it a little bit easy with him, I, I certainly wouldn't blame him. 312-332-3776. The, the question out there is what one thing, if you could get the magical answer to one thing about the 21 White Sox, what's the thing you'd need an answer for? Tyler and I are of the same mind. We would want to know the Andrew Vaughn of the season. You know, just kind of the whole Andrew Vaughn of it. Uh, Bill Capitol Hill called earlier. He wanted to know about Zach Collins. And I guess in a larger sense, the backup catching spot. But Collins, too, because he's, you know, he's got the one option left. You know, it's a first-round pick, left-hander, hits for power. How good is he defensively? I think that's a question that Tony La Russa, Jerry Naren, and, and to a certain extent, Ethan Katz are all looking to answer over the next couple of weeks. The position battles, as they exist for the White Sox, you know, there's the rest of the rotation, you know, after your top three guys. And then there's the backup catching spot. How much time is that guy going to get? How much first base is Yasmani Grandal going to play? Well, first base and DH, I should say. But those are all fair and, and honest questions about this team that's got expectations to compete. We're going to talk to Nick Madrigal in just a couple of minutes. Uh, 9.35, we'll have the interview with him. But Tony LaRusso was asked about the young second baseman as well. And I, I thought it might be interesting to get the manager's perspective on this young hitter, a guy who's a guy whose offensive profile is unlike almost anybody's in Major League Baseball. So here's Tony on Nick Madrigal. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I'm not going to say much to do about nothing. It's it's, it's much to, to do or do or to do whatever about a lot of things. But I mean, you you know you, you know some of the clubs I managed. There were home run hitters there. But what you want the home run hitter to do is be a good hitter. It's just he's he. The ball carries, and then you got guys, you know, they hit 280 to 320, and they hit singles and doubles. That's how starts, rallies, move guys around, RBIs. Nick's the kind of guy that 
I mean, you can trust in any situation. And I bet you if you really tried, you know, like David Eckstein, you know, I remember Grand Slam home runs he hit his career. I bet you if, 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 if there's a situation where Nick knew the kind of pitcher and where the pitch might be, he could take a shot and hit a home run, but that's not his game. So, you know, I'm just telling you, it, it's the more guys that you have in the lineup that play the game of baseball, which means they know how to play the score, but they know how to manipulate the bat and, and you know, direct the ball to different parts of the field. You can play whatever the game you want to play with them. Then you can, it gives you a chance to win all kinds of games. You don't have to win a game when the wind's blowing out. And I mean, Nick's a, he's an artist. I'll tell you, the other guy, I mean, the stroke on Tim Henderson is, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. I mean, the ball just, he goes foul line to foul line with the ball jumping out. You don't see that too often. So, you know, those guys are winning players. Then you put the thump all around them. It's just tough to play. It's Tony LaRusso on both Nick Madrigal and Tim Anderson. I thought it was really interesting that as Tony was talking about Nick and that swing profile, you know, just kind of what he does and how he hits, that, you know, he went into talking about Tim as well. You know, his middle infield, that up the middle kind of thing. I think it's also interesting because, of course, a lot of conversation was had about Tony La Russa, a 76-year-old manager coming back from a Hall of Fame career after 11 years away. How would you mix with an outspoken, out front, uh, unabashed, darn good player right there up the middle for you? And by all accounts, spring training has started really well in terms, with the, in terms of this team connecting with each other and connecting with the manager, here's Tim on how things have started with Tony. Yeah, definitely. You know, we definitely set out had a one-on-one. Um, I got to know him more as a person and more so, you know, um, the manager part. Um, but, yeah, man, just to see what page he's on is definitely, you know, awesome. And, uh, you know, just to have a conversation with him, uh, very motivating. Um, you know, man, just the, the drive to win, you know, the drive that want to win. And, uh, you know, he has that. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm behind him 110%. You know, that's the ultimate goal is to win and uh, to win a World Series here. So, uh, you know, man, I'm behind him. But do you feel like you can bring stuff up to him if, like, you know, if something? Oh, yeah, he's definitely open. Yeah, I can talk to him. I can tell him anything I want to. I ain't afraid of him. Tell him that. That's a big one, too. James Fegan asking the question of Tim Anderson there in the middle. We're going to talk to Tim's double play partner, Nick Madrigal, in just a couple of minutes. This is White Sox Weekly. You've got ESPN 1000. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports is the new home, the new home of the White Sox. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. My guest this morning is Nick Madrigal, White Sox second baseman. Nick joins us from Arizona on Zoom and the radio. Technology is amazing. Nick, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Great talking with you. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me, Connor. Uh, yeah, everything is good here. It's nice to be back on the field in uh, sunny Arizona. So you, there was live BP today. There was defense today. There was, and White Sox fans want to know. I know you've spoken with reporters just a little bit. How's the shoulder? Where are you at health wise? How is Nick Madrigal? Yeah, the shoulder's feeling good. Um, you know, it's, it's, I've been, it feels like every single week it's gotten a lot better. Um, 
you know, I was actually talking to the training training staff today, some of the coaches about when I would be making my debut uh, for the spring training. And we're kind of eyeballing uh, right around the 8th through 11th, those days. Um, I'm not sure which one it's going to be yet, but right in that time frame, either the 8th through the 11th, um, and then just kind of working through it. Um, I, I'm sure I'm not going to be playing every single day once I come back, probably a game on, game off, and then uh, – just seeing how it goes. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, feeling really good at this point. You know, there's some soreness here and there, but it's kind of normal for that to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting right now. What are the vibes in camp like? I, this is just such a, I have to imagine it, it's, it feels somewhat normal being around the guys, having a team, but we are still in a very different era, right? I mean, the fact that you and I are doing this over Zoom and not on a backfield somewhere means that we're, you know, we're not back to life as usual yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, not normal by any means, but, um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, a, a lot, there's something different about this camp, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a spark and an excitement and uh, from the players to the coaches and uh, the way the whole uh, setup has been this spring training, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, we, we've been facing live pitching. Um, you know, there's been some battling from pitchers to position players, you know, trying to, you know, dominate each other. And I, I think that's the way it should be, you know, on great teams, you know, there's always competition and, uh, you know, that's kind of what we have in camp so far. So it's been great. Has there been a, a show-stopping matchup, one where you're like, ah, it's, uh, it's Hendricks against Robert or something like that? Is it, what's the one everybody ran over to see? You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, almost every live session, uh, the all the pitching staff is around watching, so they're cheering on whoever's on the mound, and uh, you know they get all fired up. Uh, you know if one of the position players get out, like I broke a bat the other day against uh, one of the pitchers, and they were giving me a hard time about it. And uh, you gonna name him? Who who broke who broke the bat? Uh, it was Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he he got me. He throws hard, and uh, he does. Yeah, he he broke my bat. And the, the pitching staff got you know laugh out of that one, and. Uh, yeah, it seems like every single day, you know, we're, we're going out there. We're, the hitters are trying to embarrass the pitchers, and the pitchers are trying to embarrass us. So it's kind of fun out there. Here's what's wild. Nick Madrigal is our guest here on White Sox Weekly. Here's what's wild to me about your baseball reference page and, and just the kind of weirdness of 2020. You had 103 at-bats, but you are still Rookie of the Year eligible in 21. You have three playoff starts, but you're still Rookie of the Year eligible in 21. What do those playoff starts do for your mindset specifically? How are you kind of like organizing that experience into what will officially be your rookie campaign, despite the fact that you did so much and played so well when you were in there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all of last year, it was nice to be up there and get a, get a little bit of taste of it. Um, you know, so I, I kind of have in the back of my mind what everything is like this year, you know, from the ballparks to, you know, the other teams and, just everything that comes with it, you know. Uh, so I'm excited to go out there and, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable with everything this year. And, uh, you know, especially with the full season, I'm excited to see what I can do. And, uh, yeah, I think those playoff, you know, games are huge, not only for myself, but everyone on the team, you know. Um, you know, we're trying to make a deep run into the playoffs and uh, go as far as we can and, you know, do something special this year. So I think it's a, you know, it's big that we had those games last year. What kind of player are you in terms of letting something like that? Do you, you know, do you, you ground out in a BP and it's like, nope, can't do that against Oakland. You know, that, that, that Oakland thing doesn't go the way we want it to. If I do this again, do you put it behind you? Like, where do you 
kind of categorize and put stuff away and, and, or versus hold on to it? Yeah. I mean, when I go out there, I mean, I'm, I'm focused on, you know, every single day, I'm not really worried about, you know, the future, you know, the playoffs, you know, it's on all of our minds to, to be in the playoffs and to do well. But I mean, all of us got to focus on the day and try to do as best we can and, you know, push each other. And, uh, you know, I think that's what great teams do. You know, they, they work as hard as they can and, you know, iron sharpens iron out there, you know, each man from the coaching staff to the players, you know, we, we got to do as best we can every single practice and not, not get ahead of ourselves is what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, I think that's the big thing. Let's say, play a hypothetical with me. Let's say that the one thing you know about me is that I can play second base defensively. I can't. I mean, I'd, I'd be atrocious. But let's say I could. If I were going to go suit up for a game and play second with Tim Anderson as my shortstop, what sort of things would I need to know as a second baseman about how you and Tim work together so that when I get in there, things are at least somewhat smooth and I can play a little bit like you guys would? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, communication's huge. He, he likes, uh, before the ball is hit, you know, we're talking constantly, um, you know, if the ball's here, I got this spot, or if the ball's here, I got this spot, you know, um, so yeah, just working with TA almost every single pitch, you know, we're talking and, uh, you know, he has a lot of range. He's very athletic. So you got to understand that he can cover more than most people, you know, more range than, most shortstops out there. So you kind of have to have that in the back of your mind. And, uh, you know, with the Brave being a good first base, but even Makata at third, you know, you have a really good infield around you. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun playing with those guys. And, uh, yeah, I think you could do it. What was – I couldn't. It'd be terrible. Just <laughs> atrocious. Well, actually, I could if I just let Tim do everything. Like, that's the way yeah, I get no, by. Yeah, just let works. Tim handle it all. <laughs> what, were, what were your thoughts um, – if, if you can take me through them, you're the White Sox starting second baseman, presumably. You know, I, I, I would imagine, you know, it's still at your age. You're like, okay, it's a spot I got to go earn. But you know you got that. When they get Lance Lynn, when they get Hendricks, when, you know, the, your team is picking up guys that are that are purpose-made to go take down your opposition, what goes through your head? Um, you know, it, it's exciting, you know, because these guys are ready to go. They're ready to win. You know, we didn't pick up prospects or, you know, for a couple years down the road, it's, it's this year or nothing, you know, I, and I know all the guys that, <clears throat> the new guys that we acquired or they have that on their minds, you know, some guys have playoff experience that, you know, we picked up and I think that's huge. Um, and I know, you know, the rest of the team was excited once we added some guys and, uh, yeah, I mean, we have all the pieces and, you know, we have the coaching staff and all the right guys. So at the end of the day, we just got to get it done at this point. Spending a few more minutes with Nick Madrigal here on White Sox mm-hmm. Weekly. Have you spoken with Andrew Vaughn uh, a little bit yet? I have, yeah. We, uh, we've we gotten real close. I, you know, we uh, almost every day I go over his house after practice. And, you know, we're playing pool together and different games. And, uh, yeah, we've gotten very close. Who wins in pool most? You know, I, I I think it's fifty fifty between me and him. You know, he it's his house, so he practiced a little bit more on the pool tables. So, sure. um, but I'm I'm getting better as we go. What are you guys racking? Eight ball, nine ball? Uh, eight ball pool. Yep, eight ball. The the table we play on, you know, it's a little bit funky. It has you know dips and curves and different home strategies. So I'm still trying to learn all that. So. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, you know. Is, is Vaughn one of the kid, guys that, like, grew up with a pool table but doesn't tell you about it until he kicks your ass, like, yeah, six I or seven times? 
Yeah, I think you're right. You know, he's one of those guys, you know, he'll miss a couple balls at first just to kind of, you know, hustle you a little bit. And then we got money on the table. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, though. What's the what's the conversation with him like regarding the fact that, you know, like you, top five draft pick, major league expectations before most other people thought you would get a taste? Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about it, you know, uh, what if, you know, if the opportunity came, if he was up here to start the season, I mean, he's excited if, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, um, if it's a couple weeks in the season or whatever it may be. I mean, he's ready. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really pulling for him to be on the opening day roster. I, I truly believe he's ready. Um, you know, I've seen every single day that at bats he takes against, you know, the starting rotation or starting relievers, you know, for our team and, uh, you know, I, I think he's as good as anyone out there. So I, I'm pulling from um, I, I know some of the guys on the team, you know, have seen his swing and know that it can help our ball club um, this season. So, But it's, at the end of the day, I mean, it's out of his hands. I know he's going to come ready every single day to play, and uh, we'll see what happens. The two strikes – The oh, boy, let me do that again. The two strikes thing, Nick, what's, what's, what's the deal? Come on. You know uh, – I, a lot of people ask me, you know, what what do I do differently with two strikes? What happens? How do I do it? Um, I, I don't think there's really one answer to it. You know, I've I've always been like that growing up. You know, I've practiced it a lot. Um, I don't know. I just I I think people that strike out a lot, you know, they're in the back of their minds, they're worried about striking out and kind of you know get a little bit nervous with two strikes. But for me personally, I, I don't get nervous with two strikes. I don't. I don't see it any differently than, you know, the first pitch of the bat. Do you know what you're hitting with two strikes? You know, people have told me before, but I don't remember what it's it was. It's large. It's very, it's, it's preposterous. It's 600. <laughs> it's absolutely. But do you, ha- is there like a, do you have a foul one off swing? You know what I'm talking Like you're, you're so contact oriented. And for a lot of hitters, you do get into spots. Where, I mean, listen, these guys pitching are really good. You may have to spoil one here or there. Do you have one of those? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, if, if, uh, you know, there's a pitch that is close to the zone that I think he might ring, the umpire might, you know, ring me up on. I, sometimes I do just try to foul it off and get another pitch because, you know, it's really hard for pitchers to throw two of the same pitches, you know, right on the corner, or, you know, right there. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I know that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I try to foul it off. Sometimes I accidentally put it in play. Sometimes I get a hit on it. But, um, yeah, I think. You know, I was, you know, when growing up, you know, my dad always told me, you know, put the ball in play, good things can happen, you know. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to run a little bit. So if I hit the ball in the sixth hole, I can try to beat it out. And, um, yeah, I've always, always worked on it, though. What is good, solid growth for Nick Madrigal in 2021? You know, I think that could be a number of things, you know. Um, you know, I, I think I can get better with, you know, just getting on base, you know, different ways, taking my walks, you know, hitting the ball, pulling the ball, you know, just doing a number of things, you know, stealing bases. I, I think there's a number of things I can work on um, and continue to grow. I, I think, uh, you know, I think the game of baseball is special where, you know, you could have eight years in the show, but you're still growing every single year, you know. I don't think there's one player that's got baseball completely figured out, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to – you know, learn some things along this year, you know, through the ups and downs. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You, you'll you have fans 
when you start playing. I mean, by the time you're back and working in the lineup, you'll have fans. You guys chattering about that yet? Are you guys yeah, ready for yeah. a little bit of noise? Yeah, I know a lot of people are excited for that, you know, especially uh, having our families at the games and, uh, you know, being able to see that. You know, my family hasn't seen me in person yet in a White Sox uniform, so I- I'm excited to, you know, see them in the stands and be able to share that moment with them. Oh, we'll pump to see you in the lineup as soon as you're ready to go. Nick Madrigal, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Perfect. Thanks for having me. That is White Sox second baseman Nick Madrigal. He did go yard in a batting practice session three days ago. So (laughs) that first career homer is coming. Really cool conversation with Nick. Appreciate his time very, very much. Your time will be well spent tomorrow, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You should be turning on ESPN 1000 because Len Casper and Darren Jackson will have the call for the very first White Sox spring training game of 2021. Sox and Brewers, 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on these very airwaves. More White Sox Weekly to come. Get you posted on the international signing news that they put up just yesterday. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. This is Chicago's home for sports. The new home of the White Sox. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. This is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Just a couple of minutes to round things out. So I got a scoop through the end of this. Some big news for the White Sox. They have agreed to terms with Cuban pitcher Norhe Vera. Uh, we actually had this kind of like semi-reported a few weeks ago. And now it is firm news. It's a $1.5 million signing bonus. He's a 20-year-old right-handed pitcher. One of the very few pitchers that project in kind of that top 30 international category of uh, of signee. There just aren't a lot of pitchers that break that top 30 because projecting from, you know, guys who have faced that type of competition and who are admittedly usually somewhat younger than 20 is really difficult to do. The pandemic affected Vera just a little bit. He really didn't have a competitive place to pitch over this last year or so. So he's just kind of been keeping himself ready to go. Although uh, Marco Patti, the international director of the White Sox, spoke with reporters yesterday he and doug lauman who's also uh in the scouting department there and kind of focused on the international prospects compared vera to a an american college pitcher worthy of a higher round draft pick you know probably not a one or a two but maybe three four something like that so in the back of your mind you can kind of uh, assign that type of pick perhaps to norhe vera Fastball changeup kind of guy, although, again, it's very, very early. Um, really likes, uh, the White Sox really like kind of the poise and control that he's shown as much as anything else. Uh, a handful of other international signees for them. Uh, an outfielder and first baseman, Dario Barrero. Right-handers, Adrian Gill and Carlos Hinestroza. A catcher, Manuel Guariman. Outfielder, Carlos Jimenez. And third baseman, Victor Quezada. Those are all the uh, the prospects that got signed just yesterday. Six additional international players. And, of course, the, the White Sox grabbed Yolki Cespedes. What was that, three? I want to say three weeks ago. Uh, we'll see where he ends up in uh, in terms of camp and assignment, all that kind of stuff. I, I think what will be really interesting to see is where some of these young prospects get assigned since the minor leagues are so different this year as well. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on White Sox Weekly. First pitch. 205. Lennon DJ take the air at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon for the White Sox 
and the Brewers. Cannot wait to hear White Sox baseball here on ESPN 1000. Coming up next show, it's the hockey. It's the hockey show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. They're next. I'm Connor. Thanks for listening.